Welcome to Sportin' Live. Introducing your host, Ed Draper. Hello, how are you doing? Welcome along to the podcast Sport and Life. Ed Draper with you, sports broadcaster in the UK. How are you doing? Hope you're well. Thank you for being here. Thank you also, as ever, to the sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serena V, who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high-quality customer service and installations. And stress that point with Serena V, the sister company of Bang Olufsen Cheltenham. They can source you whatever suits your vision, your budget, whatever you're after. If it's a big screen to audio equipment, and it's not just Bang Olufsen's wonderful, world-renowned equipment, get in touch with Jason Briggs and his team. Search Bang Olufsen Cheltenham online, B&O underscore Cheltenham on social media. Get numbers for, for Jason. They can they can hook you up a consultation and go from there. Thank you also to Cytoplan for their ongoing support of the podcast. Food-based supplement company house not far from here in a beautiful village called Hanley Swan. I'm in Cheltenham in the west of England. More importantly, my father has been working as a consultant there for 20 plus years. My dad being Dr. Mark Draper, who is a nutritionist, micronutritionist, as well as a general practitioner in the Cotswolds here in the UK, helped devise the ingredients for some of the multivitamins in particular at Cytoplan. And we do take the supplements and pay for them, albeit a discount rate, which I think is a good endorsement that we do believe in them anyway, underscores that. If you go to cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk, and if you're looking to optimize your immunity, try the supplements at checkout. There is a discount code associated with this podcast, and that is Draper10R. So you go to the website, check out. It's 30% off your first purchase, 10% thereafter, and the code is Draper10R, my last name, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, the numerals one, zero, and the capital letter R, Draper10R at cytoplan.co.uk. And if you're looking or interested in the concept of recording family memories, maybe the lockdown, the pandemic kind of brought that home to you as it did us, my wife and I, Carla, we've been looking into launching a company which we have launched now called Attic Box Audio and basically it's a conversation where I sit down with members of the public everyone's story is significant this isn't about famous people or uh, kind of high profile people like more that I interview on the podcast this is in-person conversations about life stories particularly with older people of a certain generation we've recorded all our family our parents and our aunts and uncles over the past couple of years as practice for this but just to get those records down the childhood memories where they grew up the relationships they had with their parents, grandparents. So you're going back to the early 20th century, late 19th century in, in some cases, which is awesome to have that family history. And it's a very relaxed conversation where I sit down. There's various options. You can have an audio-only option. You can have an option of audio with transcript books. And we're looking at bringing video interviews as well. But if you want to find out more about this, it's best to go to atticboxaudio.co.uk, A-T-T-I-C-B-O-X, audio, A-U-D-I-O.co.uk, and predominantly, we'd like to do them in person in the Cheltenham area, radius of, say, 25 miles. But potentially, if you're listening to this in other parts of the country or the world, we can do it on Zoom. We'll check it out on the website, see what you think, and get in touch if you'd uh, like to have an Attic Box audio conversation or find out more. And if you can't find the website, go to drapermedia.co.uk. It's a subsidiary, another page off there as well. You can access it 
that way. Right onto the podcast. Brilliant once more to catch up with Luke Reg Farney. Wonderful player, played in all the divisions, professional divisions in England, including the Premier League, played at the local club to me, Cheltenham Town, got to know him then, and he's a great character, effervescent character, a positive contribution to every dressing room. I'm sure that he's been in his career, and now he's helping members of the public as well as a personal trainer in Leicestershire, where he lives. And it's worth getting in touch with him if you're around that part of the world or want to contact him. He's here talking about potentially doing some online stuff, remote coaching, which I think would be fantastic about because his, his personality shines through these conversations over Zoom and appreciate his insight into his fitness principles, what he's doing now, and his take on the football scene as well, including Cheltenham Town's recent change of manager with Michael Duff departing and Wade Elliott succeeding him, who was previously part of Michael's coaching team. Their big summer of change at Cheltenham Town. Great to get Reg's thoughts. Here he is, the one and only Luke Reg Varney. Luke Varney, Reg, welcome back to the podcast. Brilliant to see you. We were just lamenting the uh, the dangers of, of middle age as we get there, about early starts and late finishes and, and how it starts to wear you out a bit. How are you, though? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, yeah, starting to feel these early starts with the clients now. Obviously, summer's coming. They all want that summer bod. So time time's a big issue from the one, the one session before work and after work now. So I'm finding it hard to fit them all in. But uh I'm enjoying it still, and um, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's great to be involved in. Yeah, how do you get a control of that? Because I've had personal trainer friends in the past, and they have quite an extreme schedule, because it used to be like, you'd be early morning, then maybe lunchtime, and then you're working into the evening as well. So if you're not careful, you're doing like a 14-hour a day. Have you, have you got sort of rules and regulations on what you do, or is it just feeling your way into it now? Not really. I did, I spoke, I've, I've since I finished playing football, I've obviously done a lot of cycling, so... I don't tend to work Wednesday evenings or Saturday mornings or Sunday, really. That's sort of a family day. But other than that, I've sort of said yes to everything initially. Yeah. Uh, sort of found myself chasing my tail initially. But now I'm sort of, sort of getting getting to grips with it, sort of more regular base. But I'm still I'm still not that busy that if somebody said to me, can we change it an hour? Um, I can always squeeze someone in somewhere. So and I, I always intended to have it that way. I wanted to be a bit more quality, not quantity. So, mm. yeah, it's all going okay. But I, I'm busy, busy enough. I, I just wanted to not be, uh, like we've just said, sat, sat around on my bum. And it, it, it's definitely... Oh, good, man. And you get to enjoy that, I suppose, that time in the middle of the day. You can get to do that and do your own workouts or just enjoy some time then. Yeah, yeah well, I've just had, had three, uh, two clients this morning. I've just done my run. Um same yesterday, I had three clients in the morning, then I did a cycle. So I'm able to get that bit of time back in the morning before it all blows up in the evening. So, but uh, yeah, I'm really, um, really pleased with how it's going so far. Brilliant. And what do the clients mainly want? Is it sort of cardio stuff you're doing with them or is it weights training? What, what are they after? Not really had that many that have been specifically wanting and to actually do, like I say, or say uh, an all over, most of them all over body, to be honest with mm. you. COVID and stuff after Christmas a lot of them just wanted to lose body fat the usual stuff so I've been quite lucky that it's not been that intense or there's the odd one now that wants to sort of do as you can imagine the beach weights which is quite <laughs> good I'm used to doing that as even the footballers when I was playing we used to from March onwards we'd be in the gym a lot more <laughs> see definitely a, a high influx of lads in the gym a bit later on than usual so so yeah, I've I've bought into that and quite enjoyed. I've done some. I've got involved with some of the sessions. I think we quite like 
every now and again when I get involved with them as well. So they know that I'm doing the sessions that I put out, which I think is important. And when you're going for your run, what are you running on? Because we know we talked about it in the past. I'm just getting into light jogging on grass after the, 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 yeah. meniscus, the meniscus operation. Are you going to say, yeah. how's it going? It's getting, it's going all right. Yeah, it's get, it's getting there. It's um, if it, it, sometimes you have a sore day, but I've been doing all the leg weights and stuff, which does seem yeah. to have have helped. There's a certain couple of things like even like breaststroke. If I go swimming, can still feel it in that rotational movement. You know, when you rotate your knee out, it sort of stretches the inside of the knee a little bit. So there's things like that I, you have to just pace myself. I can't do breaststroke with two healthy legs, so I won't worry about that. It's, uh, <laughs> can't get rid of that screw kick no matter what we do. No, no, no. I know, I know. But you, yeah. but where, where do you? Because you said you were before. You weren't too keen on running. You were focusing no, on cycling. Run on the road, literally. If I run, it's always as a recovery jog, really. After a bike, like I said yesterday, so I'll just take the dog very slow. Must admit, there's no pace to it whatsoever. Because um, I feel if I run quick on 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 concrete, I just feel sore the next day. Obviously, I probably aim for for my footballing career, but. Yeah, I tend to try and keep it on the soft stuff, grass or gravel or something that's not quite as hard as the concrete. So, oh, brilliant. Well, mate, um, we'll speak in a second about the, the cycle you've been doing for, for charity as well for, for yeah. Ipswich Town. But wanted to ask you about about the football because there'll probably be some Cheltenham Town fans listening into this. What what do you make of what what's happened? Did it feel sort of inevitably the end of an era this summer? I think so. I think if the, the fans are honest um, and the club as a whole. Michael had done his utmost and and to get the club to wear the wear, and it's been a fantastic journey. If you if I actually think from that day I walked into the day you left, and then even after I left, it progressed even further. So it's a it's a massive upward spiral, and I know he was he, he left with uh, nothing but praise from the fans, the club, and really we all wanted to just go on and progress the way we think he should because I think he's got a great chance of of getting right into the the top level, which I've said in previous interviews. So. Um, yeah, I know a few of the lads are disappointed not disappointed that he chose to leave but because obviously they loved working under him and mm. lads have signed contracts and this is the thing with football things change constantly so if you're signing contracts as players and managers leave new managers might come in and they might not be your cup of tea so you've just got to be careful within, within the game things just change so quickly and I know that he was just looking forward to a new challenge and um, I'm, I'm sure he'll find it at Barnes. It's a great club and I'm, I'm hoping and I, I can just see him really progressing from there again. I just see this as a stepping stone, not not to be uh, disrespectful to Barnsley, but I can just see him progressing through the ranks even further. Not a big, a big rival of yours now with your Sheffield Wednesday hat on, is it? Or... <laughs> yeah. Um, we had some good games against them, I must admit. Uh, it's, like I say, massive club. And it's something that he'll be really looking forward to getting his teeth into. I've not had a chance to speak to him just yet, but I will do. I'll catch up with him and uh, see how he feels about it all. But I, I know what I will, I will, I will go, go about it. He's, um, if he puts the plan in at Cheltenham, we sort of bought into it so quickly as players. It was uh, it was brilliant and it, it, it allowed that upward spiral, I'm sure. What, what do you think he has done for certain players' careers? Because clearly they contribute, they put the energy, they put the effort in, they're part of that culture. But you've seen players, and I think it's a treadmill for him, isn't it? He, he gets this success and then players get tempted by more money, other clubs have bigger budgets. Do you feel that he's probably enriched financially in terms of success-wise a lot of these players' careers? You look at Ben Tozer and, and Will Boyle's now back at his childhood club in the, in the Championship. Yeah, I spoke, speak to obviously Tozer and Boyle still quite often, to be honest. And you ask, Toes has played for a lot of clubs, Boyley probably not as many, but uh, I have as well. And they've got a massive part of their career to, to thank Michael for. 
Um, a lot of the stuff that Marco brought into the, the, the team and the, the meetings, the defenders did. I don't know if I spoke to you about it, about this line, always being on your side, um, keeping up with the, the field. And we always used to watch it on videos. And I used to think to myself, I'd hate playing against that because as a forward, you've got to come out or you'll be offside. Mm. And he spent so much time taking the defenders off while we were doing striking with Russ. And we'd walk over, we've done about 20 shots, absolutely no exertion whatsoever. The defenders have come over, absolutely gone, blowing <laughs> out. You know what? So uh, they've just come over, but they loved it. Boiling toes, he really bought into it. And I think them two will definitely go into managing off the strength of what Michael's taught them and said that they'll take a lot of the methods he used along with them. So, yeah, like I just said, we all, we're all commodities to the football club, but Definitely, Boyley and Toes will tell you that they benefited a lot from working with Michael, for sure. Do you think he made them a lot fitter? Do you think he made the defence fitter, that pressing, that up and down kind of movement? Yeah, just the demand for never switching off. Um, if the ball moves forward, you're moving forward. You're never sort of sat on your heels. And like I say, when I used to watch it in meetings and just see that line, it was so aggressive up the pitch, back in. It was, they were constantly on it, but... Um, Fair play to them. They got it. They got it going, and it, it showed. We conceded a, a damn start, a lot less goals when he got when he took over. So fair play, and I, I know for fact Boyle and I know that Toes is now actually spoke to him, and he's trying to imply it at Wrexham. It's a bit tougher when you've not got a. I don't know if Park is letting him have a bit of say, but I'm sure we all know in Toes he's trying to get that going at Wrexham now. So Michael's um, way of playing will, will, will spread throughout the league. I'm sure these, these players will definitely speak about their. Um, past interest with him so hopefully they'll take it further yeah that's brilliant it's taking it further is, is I think the key for Michael Duff wasn't it he sent me a couple of messages but just always respectful and always respectful in the comments he's made but I think he made comments publicly to the, the club in his official interview when he left that it's difficult to go again isn't it because he's building these players up building these teams and then you have a, a Wrexham come in for Ben Toza whoever it is and you can't begrudge them going because they're getting more money for their family but at the same time for, for Michael I suppose getting a record position in League One, it must be quite daunting to have to go again, knowing that other clubs can just come in and, and gazump you. Exactly. Um, I, I went down for the Gold Cup for the races and I spent the morning with all folks on the previous interview. And, and not that he looked tired, but, you know, when he's talking, you can just tell he's, he's constantly scrapping against it, against this, um, against the bigger fish, shall we say. But calling Wrexham a bigger fish is, is hard, really. <laughs> but to compete financially with these teams, it's tough. And, and he knew that because he's built these players up, knowing that they're going to leave. Boyley's situation slightly different. Obviously, he was coming out of contract, but he still played Boyley. I've been at clubs where if, if he knows that players aren't going to sign those contracts, the managers will cut the nose off to spite the face. But Michael knew he couldn't do that. He had to play Boyley every week. And fair play, though. They both did great for each other. Um, Boyley played great every week, still scoring goals from centre-half and, and brilliant in the back. And obviously, wore the armband once toes left. So... Uh, so, yeah, they've, they've all benefited on, on that part. And um, I'm sure that in, in months to come, it can be a bit harsh when you leave a club. And But they'll speak to each other in the future, I'm sure. And it will. Uh, I'll, I'll look forward to some of the stories. Yeah, absolutely. Wish Will all the best of luck in, in Huddersfield as well. I've got a friend who lives up there and he's looking forward to watching him, him play back at his boy hotel. Another game we can go up and watch. And, uh, and obviously, Scotty Flinders has gone to Mansfield. So... And uh, I'm still close with Charlie Raglan and Longy there at Cheltenham. So we've got the best of best of all worlds now. We can get all around the country. <laughs> yeah, your, your, your poor wife's going to be like, where are you at the weekend? You've got all yeah. these games to go see, yeah. Get me a bite done in the morning and I'll shoot and watch a game. Oh, good man. 
Good man. Um, and what about Wade Elliott quickly on Cheltenham? Do you think that makes sense that he's been there a couple of years in the backroom staff? Because the culture has been the buzzword, hasn't it? It's come out about Cheltenham, how they fostered this, this success. Does that make sense to keep someone who's been integ- integral to it for the last couple of years to, there? Yeah, I think so. I think sometimes there's two ways to think about it. Sometimes I've had it before where been at clubs where they've promoted from within. It can be difficult. I think when I was at Charlton, Alan Pardew left and Phil Parkinson, we just spoke about him at Wrexham now, he took over and it was hard to get that respect from mm. being a to manager. Um, I see it differently at Cheltenham because, like you say, the ethos of the place, it's, it's more to do with the team and how we want to play. And, and Wade's obviously seen that secondhand with, with working under Michael. But, um, yeah, I spoke to Wade a couple of times, played against him for, for numerous amount of years. But, yeah, he just... He had his eyes. If you see where Wade ticks at the games, he's quite high up. He's very technical. He likes to see what's going on. So I can. He's got all the tools to make it work. And the club, I can imagine Mickey Moore and, and the people making the decisions. They wouldn't have made it lightly. They obviously think that Wade's got what it takes to uh, to get the club in the right direction because they need to. After what Michael's done, it's not an easy job. Fair play to Wade for taking it on as well. It's it's not an easy job when when the club have continually progressed through the years. But um, I think it'll be okay, and I I wish him all the best. Yeah, that difference is interesting. I don't know what you made of it as a player, but between being a a coach or a number two and then a manager, because I suppose socially you have to be a different beast with the players, don't you? I guess the manager has to have a little bit more distance, whereas the coach is is integral to it. I I remember Brian Kidd at at Manchester United was supposed to be a great number two. Didn't quite work out as much as a a manager. Steve McLaren, which sounds weird to say as he managed England, but United, he was heralded as one of the best coaches. But maybe is it difficult, particularly at the same club, to then have a different relationship? Yeah, for sure. I think um, obviously sometimes you class assistant manager, go between to the manager, you get the odd assistant managers that's too close to the manager that you don't really want to say too much to because you know it's getting back. It's The dynamic is different at each club and and that's why I think it might work at Cheltenham because the Michael, you wouldn't really class him as the main, he is the main guy obviously, but I know Wade had a big say, which is mm. important because going in, he's already voiced his opinions quite a lot. If an assistant manager sits in the shadows, doesn't say a lot and leaves it all to the manager, then it might be a bit more daunting for Wade. But I know he's had quite a lot of say in the meetings and and from the lads I spoke to, they, they definitely feel like he's got the tools to make it work. So it'll be a tough job, like I've just said, but um, I know he, he'll get all the best, he'll, he'll get 100% from the lads that are there and um, it, they'll still be the first score I look for on a Saturday. So uh, I wish him all the best. Brilliant, mate. Well, um, yeah, it's great to get your thoughts on that. What about the, the cycle ride then for Ipswich Town? How many how many miles did you put down or kilometres, wherever you measured it in? <laughs> to be fair, when I agreed to it, I think I'd had a couple of glasses of wine. It was, uh, <laughs> we ended up doing 150 miles, so it was, up. it was okay. I must admit, we did 75 on the Sunday, 75 on the Monday. We had um, three different groups. There was a 14-mile-an-hour-plus group. Uh, 16 mile and then up to 20 miles an hour so they shoved us in the fast group that was led by a lady called uh, Charlotte she was amazing she was absolutely rapid honestly (laughs) we just got on her wheel for the whole ride but it was fantastic obviously there was people like Terry Butcher on it um, Titus Bramble Kieran Dyer Matt Holland and I just took a couple of local lads that I ride with and these these ex-professionals made such a beeline to make them feel comfortable. And I thought it's brilliant. Do you know what I mean? It's just they didn't have to do that. Terry Butcher was was excellent. Must admit, he just he just battered me all weekend. Just uh, <laughs> come out of a line actually saying that 
he's got more England caps than I've got hair follicles and that went down. <laughs> well. you got a few more now, though. Yeah, yeah. Mate, it's growing now. Yeah, I'm well happy. So, uh, but it, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. We had, like I said, we had the three different groups. So you can imagine we let the slow groups go off first, which we caught after about 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, got to the first feed station. Uh, then we had to wait for, obviously, should we butcher's group was the slowest. So they <laughs> in, I'm ready to go. So we did that four times. So every kid can imagine it got a bit repetitive. So as soon as Butch came in, I was like, come on then, lads. And he ended up losing his head a bit, just saying, go on then, off you go. So <laughs> at the final dinner, we had a bit of banter. It was brilliant. Great. Uh, we had a bit of a night out on the Sunday as well. Great to see people out as well, out, not not just on the bike. So, yeah, we, we ended up raising 40 grand. So it was uh, fantastic for um, future stars and the Ipswich Town Foundation and I think they're building a library now in uh, Ghana for the for the children. So we were, we were so pleased with that. And it's something Ipswich are really passionate about this foundation. It, it got closed down actually through COVID, obviously with, with cutbacks and stuff. So they've really got it back firing now and um, it's, it's their baby now. I think Simon Milton who organised it or who was the play liaison when I was at Ipswich, he's actually stopped working for Ipswich now to take this on full time. So fair play to him. And uh, yeah, it was a fantastically done um ride and we're looking forward to going back next year hopefully if we can organize it again oh brilliant i suppose it has to be a challenge doesn't it for charity because i sometimes think when people do like a, a 3k race for charity you think oh, that's fair enough but it's just a stroll around the park really you're not you're not kind of putting yourself out there and uh i'd, I'd only just obviously done the one at um the cheshire one where i raised yeah. the free self so it's hard to ask people to put the money in the pocket again so quickly after a couple of months so it had to be something that was worth doing. Um, to be honest, I've seen some people that are doing a damn sight more than that. And it makes puts it into perspective when I've done nothing really considering. <laughs> so you can't ask for too much money. But like I say, I was really pleased with the, the money raised and, and so were they. And, and to find out where it goes, the money, it, it's fantastic. Do you know what I mean? You're making differences. And I always said, once I'd finished my career, I'd like to give a bit back. So hopefully I'll leave it a bit now and, and do another one next year at some point and uh, we'll go from there. What was it like being around Terry Butch then? Because I remember him as a really young boy who was one of the, the England players, the, the bandaged head and that kind of stuff. Do you still get those kind of starstruck moments, even though you've played in the Premier League and around big names? Definitely. I'm amazing. I must admit, well, even doing the event, he's 68. He's doing 150 yeah. miles playing. Uh, yeah, I walked up with my, my two pals who were a little bit older than me, so obviously probably more in their era. And they, they were starstruck. And, and me too. I've, I've never really spoke to him. I think I've seen him at a couple of after, after dinners at, at, at Ipswich. And straight away, he just made me feel comfortable. I think that's a, a strength of a person like him. I know he's, you know, I think he's at the top after dinner speaking. He's really good at it. And um, I spoke to Matt. I said, no, he's actually, he, he likes the room up. He can, he can take the mickey out of himself, which is great, obviously. And out of other people, as I just told you. <laughs> I just walked past him at dinner the first night and, me being me, I eat a lot because I'm burning a lot of calories off. He just said, do you want to flag in that? And that was it. It broke the ice. <laughs> we cracked it off after that and we had a we had a few pints and uh, he actually said, don't be telling my wife what time we're up to. And I just thought that just shows you he's a man mountain of a man, but he's still scared of his wife. On the other hand, it's the same as all of us, isn't it? Yeah, we yeah. Are, don't we? Absolutely, yeah. If you don't, if, yeah, nothing like a woman scorned is whatever they say, yeah. Hell has um, no fury, yeah. That's it. <laughs> It did, really did. It was, uh, like I said, it was a great, great, great couple of days. Brilliant. And what, what is it about cycling, mate, that you love about it? Because I guess you didn't do that much when you were playing, did you? Or did you? No, just probably the 
the non-impact on the joints definitely a, a thing for me that's why I chose it initially um and as well you burn a lot of calories off it's quite time consuming I understand that and mm. people it can be a fair weather sport but I actually got into it through the winter I bought it literally through October November December Jan this year and it was brutal at times you just need the right kit obviously a good set of lights um and obviously some of the kit I've had to buy it's quite an outlay to start with but I've got all that now and and I got involved in a group socially. It's been brilliant. I must admit, I've, I've met a different group of people now that um, enjoy the sport. And I say, we think nothing of it. Well, I, I speak to a lot of my clients about balance. So I'll go and do 30, 40 miles on a Wednesday and we'll, we'll go and have a couple of pints and talk about the ride. And on a Saturday morning, we'll have a bacon roll halfway around. So it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's a so, the social element as well, which you obviously lose when you leave the dressing room. So I've sort yeah. of took that on that as well. So it's, it's uh, it sort of took over from that. So you're not a golfer then, because a lot of players go into golf, don't they? Play, play on yeah. the weekend socially. I'm not too, but I actually won a little comp at the Belfry on Sunday. Did so you? Yeah, yeah. There's only twelve of us, but I only got thirty-three points, which isn't a lot. But the greens were absolute lightning, and you can imagine Belfry in mid-June or late June, mm. absolutely gorgeous, and it was rapid. So yeah, I came off with the the little claret jug we had, so that's in my trophy cabinet. So. So, yeah, I'm still playing a bit. I'm playing Thursday and Friday this week. But I must admit that golf was my passion, but I'm starting to sort of air towards the cycling, but playing golf a little bit as well. Yeah, I guess it's fun that you can invest in something a bit more than you could when you're playing and get better at it. Yeah, yeah I think you think as well, my wife has said, these are hobbies you've picked up, the four-hour hobbies, aren't they? Yeah, golf and the bike, it's, <laughs> uh, she's worked me out. Yeah, yeah, that's why, that's why jogging's not as attractive. You can only go for a jog for half an hour. It's not quite the same thing. 20 minutes, I'm ready to get in the ice bath, so. <laughs> um, that's awesome. I want to talk just quickly, but you said at the top about fat loss, beach bodies and stuff over the summer. How difficult are some of those conversations with your clients? Because I guess you're giving them an exercise regimen, but you're also having to say portion control. It's nutrition is, is part of it. Yeah, obviously they'll come back and I've got one lad that's saying to me, I'm not seeing much of a difference, but he, he works Monday, Wednesday, and he's out Friday, Saturday. I'm trying to say to him that... <laughs> Little cutbacks, do you know what I mean? But I'm actually loving that that honesty and that relationship. I think I spoke in previous interviews about they can tell me that they've done that, which is great. And it depends how serious you want to be about it. If you're if you're desperate to to really cut back, you're gonna to have to cut back with your diet and bits and bobs like that. But um, a lot of them are just generally trying to be healthier. And and again, I think I said about the mental side of it. That's where I feel like I've helped most people making that start. And even if I've not yet, but even if I lost a couple of clients and I've seen them carry it on, that'd be a real buzz for me. That's something I'm I'm looking to hone, hone in on just to get people started. That's why I started this adult boot camp, which is a great atmosphere. I did it last night. Um, it's a great mix of women and, and men and mixed abilities. Honestly, there's some really fit people there and some that are just starting out. But the ones that are getting around a bit slower, there's a clap and we're all, there's, there's definite feeling of uh, togetherness there and I'm loving the environment that I'm working in, so. What was your style like? It's like a military camp. You're not yelling at them, are you? I can't imagine you yelling at people being, no, being moody. No, I had a great tutor. She just said the uh, drill sergeant ones just don't work. They just put too many people off. Um, mm. But then you don't want to be too soft. You don't want to just let it keep going and, and not correcting technique. Um, I'm, I'm more sort of how I used to be. Just I always say to them, don't walk out of here today thinking that you could have done any more. Do mm. you know what I mean? That. You can walk out of that gym, same as I used to walk off the pitch. 
if I ever got in my car thinking I didn't do as hard as I could today, it, it, that would eat me up for the rest of the week. So if they're, they're paying for the session, get what you can out of it. Do you know what I mean? And uh, I think that's the, the best way. Honesty to yourself is, is a great tool to have. Yeah, that honesty as well, because you mentioned having a few pints on the cycling and eating a lot, but you knew that you were doing 75 miles the next day. You're burning all that energy so you can afford to. That's something that's quite, you know, that crops up that people see someone who's fit or working in fitness, having a beer or having an ice cream. Ross Mitchell has been on the podcast as a, a PT for a while. He lectures in fitness and training as well. And he put up about, you know, having an ice cream and people say, oh, how are you having an ice cream? And it's like, well, it's part of the bigger picture of what he's doing and, and what he's going to do tomorrow. It's not like he's having an ice cream every day. But is that, is that exactly. something that people have to kind of get the idea of the overall picture of your lifestyle is, is the key? Yeah, you know, if you're having a, a heavy day working out, you know the next day. So on, on, on that bike, for instance, I, I burned off nearly 6,000 calories. I know I know then I've got, I've got to put a lot back in. So wow. you can start working out sort of how much you're burning off. It is, it's, it's difficult. There's so many different ways. I've got a lot of clients that came to me initially that talked about the fasting, the intermittent fasting, and I, I was actually saying, how are you doing it? So they were having 1,500 calories one day, 500 the next. And I tried to explain to them, well, that 500 calorie day, if you're working out the day before or the day after, you've got no chance. You literally, mm. you'll just crash. So why don't you work out between them seven days, those calories in total, and just split them accordingly across the seven. Yeah. And then add balance then then you're starting to work in keto obviously you're working under the calories you're eating so then then you're starting to see a difference so that's what i try and say to them if you're if you've not worked out and you're gonna have a good saturday sunday yeah you're gonna feel heavy and you're gonna have to work hard the week after so but that that's why i've loved we spoke about not working for elites now I'm, I'm able to sort of share a little bit of this wisdom that that i've sort of picked up over the years and some of the great coaches i've worked with but now through my PT side, I've, I've learned that you can definitely still have a, an ice cream, a couple of beers, but you've got, you've got to work to earn them. And I, I love that. I love having that feeling, knowing I've got to do my bit so I can, I eat and drink basically what I want, make healthy choices, but I work down hard for it. So. Mm. Yeah, no, I think it's the, the best, the best way. And it's, it's generally just building that kind of awareness of what you're doing and not making it a habit. So it's not a beer, a couple of no. beers every, every day no. when it, like, you, it becomes like automatic. You don't even enjoy it then if it's just a rich, you know, just something you do without uh, thinking. I know we talk about client confidentiality, but he won't mind this. And there was one <laughs> that I said, uh, how are you getting on? I said, talked about his eating. He said, yeah, I, I don't eat too bad. And then I talked about his alcohol consumption. He said, I don't drink a lot. He said, I have about five, six pints, three times a week. I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> I, I, well, that, that's quite a lot. I'm being yeah, honest. Yeah. Got a lot to do and that sort of stuff off so he's actually cut down with that now and he's definitely seen the difference so yeah it's just a bit of um education obviously within the group of people you're in you might think that's the right thing to be doing but everyone's different you'll burn calories different you'll store fat differently so everyone's got their di own different story but once you work out the best way for you that's the best way to go yeah i had five or six pints they'll be wiped out the next day from a hangover yeah, <laughs> exactly the same so yeah uh, but it's, it's 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 drink fit i guess you get stamina for everything the more you more you do yeah. it, which is good, good or good or bad that's interesting about the fasting as well i just find that to be honest if i don't eat late in the evening and i have a good 12 14 hours before i have breakfast and i'm i'm all right i think missing breakfast like you say if you're trying to work out you then miss a, a calorie yeah, a calorie deficit for the day a lot of clients that don't eat breakfast i don't i wake up absolutely starving and i mm. think that's that's a good sign as well mm. you know uh, 
when you go to sleep, you're obviously getting no food, no protein. Your body's jagging to something to repair after you've especially worked out. And I spoke about my tutor. People, I hear this all the time about not eating after eight o'clock, nine o'clock. If I, if my body's telling me to eat, I'll have something at 10 yeah. o'clock. I've no issue with that at all. And, and even when I was playing the best clubs I was at, we had Chris Neville. He was um, England's um, fitness coach for years under Sven. He was at Blackburn. We'd get a knock at the door at 10 o'clock on away games and we'd have a hot chocolate that had protein, recovery in it, a little snack, just so we've got something that's repairing you while you sleep as well. Mm. So, yeah, if, you're, if you've done the work in the day, no issue with eating after eight, nine o'clock. I know that's a big no-no for some people. But, yeah, for me, it works. I, I can't go to bed on an empty stomach because I'm absolutely craving for something to wake up. So. Yeah, it's just tailoring it to yourself, isn't it? Knowing yourself yeah. as well and what, what you've done and, and kind of what your body mm. usually usually does. Um, so, Reg, what, what's next for you then? Just keeping up the – any more charity rides coming up? Anything you want to look at? Got to be careful now because I'm asking people to put their hands in the pockets every five minutes. So, <laughs> to be fair, the, the Cheltenham lads are actually saying to me, he's getting a new set of dumbbells out of this lot and getting a new uh, weight. <laughs> yeah, I've got to be careful now. Yeah, I'm just going to uh, tick over with a bike. I feel like I've trained all winter – um, not as serious now. I could sort of tone it down a little bit. Um, to be honest, my holiday season's coming out. It's really weird to say that. Obviously, I could only go away in May, May and June. Yeah. Everyone's reporting back, but uh, I've got a few holidays to look forward to. So I might do a little bit of beach rates, like we just said, in the garage now. I can get involved with a few of the lads. And and obviously, the school holidays are coming. So I'm well excited about that. Uh, we don't. I don't get a lot of day work, so be able to spend a lot of time with the children and that's something I'm, I'm really looking forward to this year but you have to pay school holiday fees as well for the holidays which is a, oh, <laughs> it's like three times yeah. the, the regular rate <laughs> my wife's actually spoke about me doing a couple um camps you know school camps fitness camps boot camps and stuff uh so i might look at that i've, I've got access to the pitch uh so yeah because it's just hard to keep my regular i have do sessions on mondays and wednesdays but everyone's going away so yeah I'm going to do it a bit more freelance and, and go that way. And anyone that wants any work, we can, we can get it in. So I'm not stopping when I'm on holiday. Obviously, I'll be on holiday. But when I'm back, I'll, I'll crack on and, and keep everyone fit. Well, that'd be great for the kids, mate, as well. And also great for the parents if you can put on a camp and occupy them for a few hours. <laughs> That's what she said. Basically, it's uh, childcare, isn't it? So yeah. it's a way to do it. But Again, it's rubbing off on, on my girls as well. They, they love it. She comes and helps me set up on what my youngest helps me set up on a Wednesday. They're both highly competitive. They play netball, uh, football, dancing, uh, swimming. So, yeah, it's great to date their seniors doing it all the time. So, yeah, chip, chip, chips off the old block, I'm sure. Got that, that competitive. Quick, before you go, what do you make of um, the transfer window? Because a lot of football fans get obsessed with it over in the Premier League as well. What about Man City getting Erlen Haaland to, to add to the mix? It's, it's oh, pretty, it's pretty... kicking off. I was in the garage this morning just seeing about Jesus to Arsenal. I'm quite excited, I must admit. I think um, he's seen Sterling this morning to Chelsea. Just some some that you won't see. I, I see Haaland being amazing for, for Man City. Yeah. I really just think I'm slightly disappointed that Harry Kane didn't go there. I'd have loved to have seen him at Man City. I think he'd have got 50 a season with how yeah. they how they play and then getting to the byline and you remember Aguero scored so many of those little tappings where they where they're all doing the work. So but Haaland's just a monster. I think they might have to change the style a little bit. Obviously he likes the, the counter-attack and stuff, but it's going to be amazing to watch. It's going to be a, a great year and I'm getting slightly excited about it now. I just hope my team Leicester start signing some players because it's a bit quiet on their front. Yeah. And uh, 
But if it Forest have come up now, so it'd be interesting for us. Oh. Big... <laughs> and I mean, I took the three new clients I took on all Forest, so I'm fed up of hearing about their success. Yeah, because you're you're in the middle, aren't you? Between the two, there where yeah. you are, yeah. Well, I'm making out that I'm happy for one, but I'm obviously just trying to keep business. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't wait when Leicester stick it up. On. Oh, mate, brilliant to have Forest back though, after probably 23, yeah. 23 years as well. That's frightening how, how long well, it's been. They're a Premier League club, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? They mm. need to be. So it's, uh, yeah, fantastic for all involved. And Calvin Phillips, good for him going to Man City. Good for England, potentially, for the World Cup. Yeah, I was I, I, I was lucky enough to play with Calvin at Leeds. Uh, I was just, he was just coming through. And uh, you sort of tell we had the, the skill and the style. Um, him and Lewis Cook really stood out when I was there, when they come up to train with us. Um, he's, he's done brilliant, and he just looks so chilled and relaxed. Even playing for England, um, he'll add a different dimension to Man City again. It'll be fantastic to see, and I'm uh, I'm proud to say that I I got them uh, two months training with him, and just to see him progress has been has been great. And I wish him all the best. Yeah, good story. I think 26 now, so it's a good age to go to to City as well. Reg, been brilliant to speak to you. Um, are you still doing online stuff if people you know around this way or other parts of the country want to get in touch? One we spoke about, didn't that's something now I'm sort of getting towards wanting to sort that out. I must admit, it's speak to a lot of people doing that sort of stuff, but I'm enjoying the hands on approach still at the minute. Must admit, I'm still young into it, still not even at six months yet. So that's definitely a string I'd like to add to my bow eventually. Um, I've done a been to I went to Blackpool for the for a dinner, free course, and watched the match. Went to Sheffield Wednesday, and people had asked me about the online stuff, so I think the appeal's there. So, yeah. Just need to speak to the right person to get it going, and uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll let you know, mate. Brilliant, and just follow you. We can follow you as well. Best place Instagram is it still? Yeah, Instagram and Facebook. Obviously, I'm just on there. Uh, I've actually set up as Luke Varney PT now, so obviously Reg on the main one. But um, yeah, anyone that wants any help, no problem. I can give them a text or anything like that. It's absolutely fine. Or a phone conversation. Like I said, people making the start. That's the main thing, and because I've not had many clients that have left once they've done that, so. Be confident to make your start and uh, and don't look back. Yeah, I think yeah, I think the remote online stuff can just be a conversation, like you say, someone to encourage you, give you a few yeah. few ideas about what to do. And you're doing a great job. Really great to see your transformation, mate. Well done, and, and thank you, thank you for coming on the podcast as well. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Take care, mate.